Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. Merengatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there called good. The old Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Hey, happy Thursday. Didn't know what day it was. You almost said Wednesday and I was going to have to Thursday. Final answer. Thursday. Happy Thursday. Mm. Hope everybody made it out of uh, Valentine's Day unscathed without being in the doghouse. Mm. Anybody here in the doghouse? I'm good. Doghouse? Not, not anymore. Do- uh oh. <laughs> Freshly shorn, Jeff Ross. Uh oh. Yeah, I, there was a little bit of me that hoped that you were going to come back and still have Be the like, you Autobahn on your face. Like, like your wife was like, you know. That's a look. This is doing it for <laughs> it's me. It's unique, but no, he just—he looks like um, what is he called, Mister Wooly, <laughs> the, the, the little guy where you can move around with the magnets, his oh, facial yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Willy, yeah, Wooly, Wooly, Willy, Wooly, something like that. Yeah, Wooly, yeah. Wooly. You can, you have the Wooly, Wooly look. Yeah, and the old magnetic shavings. We just put it all on your eyebrows and everything else and is my just back down. Yep, it's all <laughs> it's off the off the photo. Um. Those things came on like the little cardboard little like a uh, yep slat, and if there was if there was a back, that is where the 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 rest of the shavings would have been. Exactly, just right down there at the bottom, though. You're our own personal woolly woolly. So like God it. bless you. I like it. God been, bless you. I've been called worse. I probably will later. <laughs> give it time. Just give it give it plenty of time yeah. here, huh? Uh, all right. Good good Valentine's Day. If you're in the doghouse, Dust, you just text. Let us know why. 503-864-6326. Yeah, let us know your failures. That's Absolutely. the Vancouver Ford text line. It's always good to have uh, Misery Loves Company. I'm not in the doghouse. You safe? But yeah, yeah, yeah. My, um, I set the bar very low on Valentine's Day. I hate that godforsaken holiday. Uh, I'm I'm ambivalent towards it, <clears throat> but uh, I was getting a little worried because I ordered her present uh, two weeks ago. And oh. it was like, I got the, it shipped like two days ago. And I was like, I paid for expedited shipping and I haven't seen an up- update. And then I saw when we were here mid show that it arrived. And I was like, all right. Okay, you're good. Day of. Good. A little scary, yeah. but. Uh, Touch and go. Yeah. White knuckling that son of a gun. Yeah. I figured giving it two weeks was going to be just fine. Right. You know, and I was like, okay, we're good here. I, oof, that, that, don't do gifts on Valentine's Day. Nothing. You know, nope. yeah. Flowers nope. and chocolate? No. Nothing. Card. 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 Flowers. Yep. Card. Mm. Card is card is it. My wife doesn't like flowers because they just they die. You get them and they die. And yeah, it's like, my, you paid more for flowers that are just gonna die. Yeah, my wife my, loves my, flowers. See, so, my wife yeah. loves yeah. flowers, yeah. but like right. the idea, like she, my wife is splitting the difference between both yours. She's like, oh, they're nice, but like if you're gonna spend money on something, I'd rather you spend it on something actual. Well, see, my wife loves real flowers because her mother was beholden to the fake silkies. 
all over the place everywhere. And so, yeah, she's like, I hate those. I'll take real flowers, please. Real flowers. Yes. Out. And so, yeah. And the floral section at the old Center of Quality Foods is actually not terrible. Yeah. So what what I'll do is uh, I'll go uh, card, write something nice in it. You know, not just a card and sign your name. Mm. Write something nice in it. And uh, we call it good there. Call it good there. Whatever whatever she wants to do for dinner, we do that. Set that bar low. Set that bar low. And I've been uh, clearing it for 15 years now. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're good. Minimal effort. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, though, is that I say, why do I need to go out all out on one day when I can show you over the course of the year that I love you and I appreciate you? And that's where a card with something nice and it works on on that day. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the year, uh, the fact that my wife is cheap and does not like to overpay for things, yeah. flowers on another day work for her. There we go. You, know, you just, just spring them on her. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that and the other thing, too, the important key to Valentine's Day is remembering that day is not for us. It's for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Just That's yeah. right. You're not getting anything. That's We're not right. getting anything. It's, it's the, no big deal. It's the Hallmark holiday. Yeah. I did see a guy, and I was just like, that poor, unfortunate soul. We were we went into the Fred Meyer last night, and there was one man in the jewelry store. Oh, you saw him? <laughs> and it was just, it, uh, was, uh. it was like 6 o'clock, so he had just gotten off of work. Ooh. That guy was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and he got that expectation text over the course of the day, and he was just like, I have dropped the ball here. <laughs> that poor, unfortunate bastard. Uh, I He should have tried to go hit LaRog earlier in the afternoon. Yeah, well, he was, for their store closing on Valentine's. That Day. man was flying Big way discounts. too close to the sun. <laughs> he was flying way too close to the sun there, and you could tell he worked close. He lived close. He wasn't about to go anywhere else. Mm. And that, yeah, I, I cringe to think what he ended up paying for whatever he got. I so my wife and I, our first date was January twelfth, what six years ago, and that's a month before Valentine's Day, and we kind of made it like an official thing two weeks into it and i wasn't sure about valentine's day and so instead of like like pushing it too much i i didn't do anything because i didn't want to make it seem like i was set that bar low set that bar low oh buddy it's too low oh it was too low it was too low it was yeah It was. Yeah. I was like, well, I didn't know if like if you wanted to do something like. Yeah. No. That that's a trap. It, you got put in a trap I there. Did, the timing was just really poor. You could not win that battle. No, that's because, really bad. Because if I do something like, hey, this is a really nice start to a relationship, you know, I, I gotta, I go big here. Now I'm screwed. Yeah. That's Ryan Howard hooking up with Kelly Kapoor. The day on February thirteenth, right yeah. there. I mean, that is. Uh, he's like, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. And. That that's really that's close, man. You were a, a month from that. Va- yeah, that's yeah. not. Yeah, see, we started. We were a good like probably seven months or so out before Valentine's Day hit. Well, not only that, on my first date, I showed up. I was in a boot because I broke my ankle the night before. <laughs> so like we were really limited in tracks. what we. Yeah, no it tracks. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were kind of limited in what we could do. And that was her first red flag. Yeah, <laughs> I trapped her. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I've ever said this publicly. I didn't tell her. Oh, you trapped someone weird. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell her. Are that they still I, in the chest freezer yeah, in the garage? I, no. Come on. You net oceans exist. God. 
people. Uh, oh, that's not beef jerky. Yeah. Ew. Oh. oh, come on. That's <laughs> oh, really? that was too, that yeah, was too far. That was too that far. That was too far. <laughs> that was too far. People love beef jerky, Jeff. As do I. People love beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> if they only knew. Uh, but I, I didn't tell her that I got hurt the night before because I didn't, I didn't want her to get away. <laughs> I, that does not help your no, cause or I trust case me, I know. in anything that was just said here. I, trust me, I'm aware. But I was like, if I tell her she'll want to reschedule and then maybe, uh, you know, it gets pushed out. And I'm like, screw this. I'm just so. And that was the first time you said, does this cloth smell funny? Yeah. So I, sh- I showed up <laughs> hey, the restaurant. Does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> I showed up the restaurant in crutches in all sorts of pain. And uh, she's like, what What happened? I'm like, I, I didn't want to tell you and have you cancel. So. Here I am, completely booted up. And, At least and you I'll... got that speed bump out of the way early, you know what I mean? Oh. Danny, Danny's like, I'll take a mojito and for the lady, a Rufi colada. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, and it was actually funny is I, very early in our relationship, I told her like, hey, uh, if this ends up being a long time thing, get used to this and kind of, you know, the injuries. So, yeah, she knew. <laughs> you, you said you cleared that one up yeah. right away. Yeah. Just like I just want you to know. I'm like, here. if I make it past sixty, you, you that's kind of like that's that's lucky. Mm-hmm. So here for a good time, not a long time. Uh, okay. Well, um, everybody, I'm, I'm glad that we had uh, almost in the doghouse because uh, she was sure I shopped last minute. But I convinced her it wasn't last minute. It was close to last minute though. <laughs> it was second to See, last minute. But you got it done. Maybe not last minute, but eleventh hour. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I like that. Just like dude at Fred Meyer who just looked miserable uh, waiting for the jeweler to to wrap up his gift for his significant other. You got it done. That guy got it done, and he should be praised. He shouldn't be put in the blender for it. I remember when I was younger, I I I went to try to dupe, and I got the grocery store flowers, but I found like a nice vase somewhere else and what's I, wrong with the grocery store flowers though uh, look some flowers some I think absolutely nothing not, they're all gonna die no, no no sometimes they do have good stuff there yeah. they do like, like you're like oh but i'm imagining the last minute flowers they've been picked over oh yeah and, and, yep. and when, when you do that don't get them it's better to not get them oh i will say when i showed up at the uh the old quality food center yesterday it was probably five o'clock five fifteen they sir that 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 uh, uh, floral department was still robust. What did your oh. face look oh, like? Yeah. Oh, I had gone. I took it off. Uh, I shaved first before I went out in the public. Oh, so you home. went home? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, that makes me sad. Because I say you forgot your God. I hope somebody saw you while driving. It was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Look at the that man! Hell, did I just I was like, see? God, I hope I don't get pulled over. Everything tracks. <laughs> Everything tracks. God, getting pulled over and having with to... that mustache and a giant silver Dodge pickup. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, do you do you know why I pulled you over? Is it because of the mustache? I got, a, I got a good idea. Can guess. <laughs> Too close to the school zone. <laughs> if you got pulled over and you dropped the, uh, is it the mustache? It would have been an all timer. Yeah, no, would yeah. have been an all timer. Yeah. <laughs> Just absolutely. I think perfection. what have rivaled Quintel Woods trying to give his basketball card his ID. Oh, God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Old Grandpa Don was a cab driver, and uh, he would not carry his driver's license. He was the original Quintel Woods. He carried his New York Yankees baseball card 
in his wallet. Hey, there you go. <laughs> At all times. Yeah. And he was a professional driver. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need no driver's license. Look at this. Uh, I played for the New York Yankees. <laughs> New York. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get uh, let's get to the the radio program, shall we? We're already having fun today. Let's. We got Balancesto, good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Drew Eubanks and Isaiah Stewart. That was a thing. That's it's still a thing, and we're actually getting more information on it now. The NBA is looking at like this may go outside the league. Well, he was already arrested, yeah. which you never see. No, which makes which makes me believe that this was a sucker punch of the highest order. And that just tells you the Huskies and Beefs still got that still beef. Still got it. Yep. Still got that beef, baby. Beef stew. You have Nurk going back at Draymond last night. And then Draymond going back at Nurk and KD. KD's, oh, I missed that. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, I missed that part. He, I think, I think he's That's not surprising. They're, they're, they're both weird or something. I don't know. I'll find it. Yeah, that's not a shock whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and then we've got uh, some football musings as well because Geno Smith got his twelve point seven million dollars today. Yeah, I saw that get, get, get picked up as I was stuck waiting behind a train on the way in. That was, that was a fun one. Yeah, well, that'll happen to you. You know, hey, trains. At commerce. least I had my phone. <laughs> at least you had your phone. At least you had your phone. All right, but where we got to start this bad boy off? Uh, Trailblazers hit the all-star break after tonight, and we've got a burning question Mm. in the poll, and it does not pertain to this year's Portland Trailblazer team whatsoever. It's about the grand past of the Portland Trailblazers. We'll get to that next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. I didn't want her to get away. Danny and Dusty on the fan. The All-Star break starts tomorrow where we will be enthralled with things like the Celebrity All-Star Game. Is that is that a thing still? Do we yeah, still have the Celebrity All-Star Game is. this year? Who's I, playing in the 2024 Celebrity All-Star Game? No idea. I'm telling you right now, if I, that was always one thing. I was like, I want to play in the Jock Jams or... Celebrity All Star Game. What's the over under on the amount of celebrities I would recognize? All right, here Two I got them. I got I got them right here. Uh, our coaches, we have Team Shannon and Team Stephen A. Shannon Sharp with assistant coach Fifty Cent. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith with assistant coaches Lil Wayne and Asia Wilson. I mean, there's at I've least... actually heard of all of them so far. Okay. Um, the actual players. Outside of athletes, I don't think you okay. you're gonna get annual AA. I don't know who that. I've never heard that name before in my life. If you get one outside of the athletes, I'll be shocked. Annual AA, mm-hmm. Kai Sanat, Sanat, sure. Mm-hmm. Connor Daly mm-hmm. is that? Is he related? Any relation to Carson? Walker mm-hmm. Hayes. I know that. I know Walker Hayes. Is that like a country singer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know the Applebee's song. Oh, that one. The that the what is that? The fancy like? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Quincy Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Jewel Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Basketball player. Ding 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 ding. Hey, I got two. Sort of. But like I said, Micah, outside of the athletes. Yeah. Micah Parsons. Athlete. Lily Singh. Uh huh. I think I yes. I can S- actress. Sir. What? That's it. Oh, I thought you were addressing me. Still no idea. Dylan Wong. I believe I've heard of Dylan Wong. 
Met, I have not. Perhaps. I couldn't tell you who Dylan Wong is. Meta World Peace. I know who that is. Adam Blackstone. That's my grill. Jack Ryan. Jack, wait. Jack Ryan? Mm-hmm. Like Jack Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan? Like Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan? Like, like Harrison Ford? Or you have Jack Ryan. Uh, uh, no. Nope. The other one. Uh, uh, Chris Pine. Jim from The Office. John Krasinski. That's, that's it. the one. Lots of Jack Ryan. But that's not. Nope. Okay, C.J. Stroud, know, you know him. him. Uh, Marco Gianmarco Timberry, no idea. Natasha I'm Cloud, guess he's Italian. Jennifer Hudson, know her. Yeah. Tristan Jazz, nope. A.J. McLean, uh, and Kwame Onwachi, nope. No. Onwachi, I have not heard of most of them. Okay, so Tristan yeah. Jazz is a, a basketball YouTuber. Um, a basketball YouTuber? Yeah, he's a uh, Gianmarco Tamberi is a high jumper, Olympic yeah. high jumper. Okay. That'll be fun to watch. Sure, he's yeah. he's, he's an athlete. He's wonderful hair. Tasha Cloud is dunk. a WNBA Wait, player. Wait, hold on. He's an Olympic high jump champion and Latin American music winning or uh, recording artist. No, Man of many talents. Okay. And, and has tremendous hair. I was gonna say, I bet he does okay. Yeah, tremendous hair. Uh, but yeah, this uh, the group in here. Kai Senat's a, is a YouTuber. Uh, oh, so we got the YouTubers, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of that in here. So okay, uh, Connor Daly, Indy car driver. Indy car driver. So huh? he's gonna be a shortman, and that will. And this is Indianapolis All Star Game. So we got that. We got hey, that coming go. up. Boy, we're really. I I think we're going downhill on the, our. The barrel is, is scraping. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, we don't I'm even. Old. Huh? I'm old. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not that. It's, it's. It's actually not that. We don't even have like, Michael Rappaport anymore. No, no. Like, are they phasing him out of the game? We don't have Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart's too big for the those, celebrity All Star game now. Did those contracts run out? Jeez, I don't like this anymore. But they are playing on the new LED court, and I saw a new video of that. It's pretty dope. Th- that's gonna lead to an epileptic seizure. I, I Some, feel like I would get vertigo and fall over. It's a thing. It is more intense and way cooler than I even thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. Yeah. It looks really no, cool. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think we're going to be moving towards this across the NBA. I think it will ma- be mandated within the next five years. Okay. You have the uh, Ruffles four-point line will be there. Ruffles crunch time will be there. Ruffles flaming hot challenge. I don't know how that... I don't know what that is, but they're going to do it during a game. Maybe you get points for how many flaming Hot Ruffles you can eat. And then you get the one-minute uh, relay-style shooting contest. Boy, this is going to be even worse than I expected, and I'm here for it all. That starts tomorrow. We got All-Star Weekend starting. Dunk contest this weekend, three-point contest. Star-studded three-point contest. It's going to be fun. The three-point contest is, is the one that's loaded. Yeah, nobody wants to do the dunk contest anymore. If Shaden was healthy, if Shaden was healthy, I think he would have done it. Jalen Brown, Jaime Jaquez, Mac McClung, Jacob Toppin. Oh, you mean Damian Lillard trade centerpiece, Jaime Jaquez? Oh, Heat fans are going to let you know about it. (laughs) Heat fans will let you all know about it. Who's going to be in? But uh, All-Star Weekend, it's falling a little flat because Shaden Sharp was going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge. Obviously, his injury is going to hold him out of that. Scoot Henderson will be in the Rising Stars Challenge. And it sounds like he's going to play. Which is cool, but nobody in the actual All-Star game. No. And for the first time in a while, because Dame 
held that mantle for, for a, a very long time. He when you won, look, he had one one where he got kept out, and then people said he whined. Um, but the the All Star game he got kept out of was insane. It would be sixteen seventeen. Yeah, the, the All Star game he got kept out of was insane. Yep. <laughs> It's only the third time since, I think as I'm going back here, it's only the third All-Star game since 2008 that the Blazers will not have anybody representing them. To be clear, Damian Lillard in 16-17 played 75 games and averaged 27-6-5. Hot damn. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Not an (laughs) All-Star. We do have a poll question today, though. In the poll question is in regards to the All-Star game. Which Blazer is the best to never make an All-Star team? We've given you four options here. Robert Pack. None of these guys made an All-Star game. Arvita Sabonis, CJ McCollum, Mercy Mercy Jerome Kersey, Andre Miller. Jerome really never did? I thought he got nope. one in there, maybe. He was in the dunk contest. I know TP and Duck both did. Yep. And, and, and Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So those are those are our uh that is our poll. You have one of four options. Yeah, Jerome averaged in 87-88 in what one almost two steals and a block. Yeah. That seems okay. Yeah, really good. That that seems okay. But uh those are those are the the options that you have there. Who is it for you on that list? Probably one of my top 5 favorite players of all time, it's Andre Miller. Ooh, Andre Miller? Yeah. Uh, so, I've been covering the league now for what 14 years, 13 years something like that, and the only time I have ever been like <gasps> about somebody uh, was the one of the first hoop summits I ever covered right after Andre retired, and he was it was at Nike, and he popped by to practice, and I was like, I need to go talk to Andre Miller. I, I need to go talk to him. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I can. Andre I, I, Miller I is a good one, uh, and I have I think he he's worthy of this poll here, but Arvidas Sabonis was one of the best big men in the league. I was gonna say I'm gonna have to go where, with Arvidas, but where he like his time in the NBA was dominated yeah. by exceptional bigs, especially yeah. in the Western yeah. Conference. Well, because he came, we because he he his, came late. His, yeah, his entrance to the NBA was delayed. And but uh, my heart tells me Jerome Kersey. Jerome Kersey is where I'm voting because of that 87 88 season where they got Clyde and Steve Johnson in there, mm-hmm. and I think that where you're gonna where you get me mm-hmm. is. That dude meant so much to those great Blazers teams. Yeah, but he just did what what it, what it was asked of him. I think, and he did. He wasn't the three point shooter like Terry Porter. He wasn't Clyde Drexler. Obviously, Buck Williams being a, a traditional big got him in, and Cliff Robinson also mm-hmm. like the like one of the NBA's first stretch fours. Yeah, yeah. Rod Strickland, is Rod Strickland. Like That's the the impetus of this was Damon Stoudemire, Sam Amick. Did a write up on um, Jamal Murray. In be, is he the best player to never make an All Star game? And obviously, he's still playing and he has that time. But he put a list of of people, and it I was reading through, it and it's got like Cedric Maxwell, Michael Cooper, Lamar Odom, uh, CJ's on it, Drazen Petrovic, Richard Jefferson, Arvidas Sabonis. I kept reading down this list, and I was like, that guy was a blazer. That he was a blazer. He was a blade. Six Blazers were listed of his like fifteen players. 
and six of them were listed because it was Jamal Crawford, C.J. McCollum, Drazen Petrovic, Arvita Sabonis, Rod Strickland, um, and Damon Stoudemire were the six or seven because Andre Miller's on there. Seven former Blazers were on on this list. Oh, and on Jamal Murray. Holy fraud. smokes! The the thing about him is he gets often gets confused because of the difference between playoff Jamal Murray and regular season. Regular season Jamal Murray, if you throw out his rookie year where he's 10 points, he's basically 18 and 6, 18 and 5 in the regular season, which is like, that's fine. But his playoff numbers, his playoff numbers are 26, 7, and 5 Whoa. on 48, 42, 91 splits. Yikes. So he actually historically has the largest increase across the board, points per game, assists per game, like total production of any player in the modern history of the league. That doesn't get accounted for when it comes to, to, all-star, games. to all-star games. But like, come, in, cr- come, come, come the second season, come crunch time, he is unreal. And like his in the health season, in the front half of seasons, he usually yep. gets banged up, has to get like a surgery in the offseason. Yep, he missed a year and a half of misses, his ACL. Misses the front half of a season, too, in, in time management, load management for him. And then they gear up and make you know furious charges at the end. He's played more than 65 games. More than 65 games. Three times in his career. Whoa. And that's through, what, eight years? Eight years? Yeah. Yikes. So, and he's he's probably not going to clear that threshold this year. He's at 40 games played right now. Uh, all right. Current leader, Arvita Sabonis, 66% of the vote. CJ McCollum, 21%. Mercy, Mercy, Jerome, Kersey, 9.5%. Andre Miller, I believe you might be the only person to have voted for him at this point. 1.4% of the vote. I'm babe. I'm, I'm babe. I'm babe. He's getting that a solid 1.4%, though. Um, okay. Uh, go ahead and vote. We'll we'll revisit uh, the poll question coming up later. But uh, we had a, a the bad blood that you, Danny's been clamoring for continued last mm. night. First is Russ with Sports Center. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's Sports Leader, ten eighty, the Fan. A lot of people surprised on the Vancouver Fort text line that uh, neither Arvidas or Jerome made a All-Star game. For Arvidas Sabonis, you have to remember, uh, probably the year he would have made a, an All-Star team where he was getting MVP votes, the 98-99, that was the lockout-shortened season where there was no All-Star game. And then in all of his other years, well, I don't know, they took two centers and they were Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal and David Robinson in all of the years that he was in the league. I've heard those guys are pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. Let's see. Pretty good. The most dominant player they ever played the game, the best footwork ever, and maybe the best athlete at that position that we had ever seen until that time. Pretty good. Pretty good. But Arvita Sabonis, probably the best passing big man ever. Second. Yeah. It's Jokic now. Uh, also, uh, it's Jokic. Yeah, you know, it's Jokic. Even, even guys that played yeah. with Sabonis, they've, they've talked. I've got friends in Denver that cover the team. They've, they've kind of asked around like that. And even those guys are like, it's, it's Nicola now. Just that pass against Golden State was enough for me where I was like, Ooh. oh, the one that bent Ooh. time last and space. week yeah. where it was like he felt <laughs> the pressure coming and just kind of ducked it and went, whoop. Matrix yeah. right over the top. Yeah, it's Jokic and Sabonis. One, two. Uh, one of Pretty those good. things that might want to make you good. cry as a uh, Trailblazers fan, too, of those three previously uh, guys that you previously mentioned. Uh, one could have 
should have been a trailblazer also. Could have, were it not for a coin flip. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, not only that, I mean, I mean this, this list looks very different if the Soviet Union doesn't exist. I mean, they, they, they got the rights to Sabonis in 86. They didn't get him over here until 96. Yep, that would be a big bummer there, Bob. I remember I have my, my middle school yearbook, and it highlights two things. The winter storm of 96 and Sabonis coming over. <laughs> oh, I had the priorities straight. Yeah. Had their priorities straight. We, we knew there. what we were then. <laughs> All right, uh, what the hell happened with Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks last night? We're still finding out, but uh, it sounds like they 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 went chest to chest in the tunnel before the Pistons before before the game even started. Three hours, two hours before Pistons sun started, and I don't know of any existing beef between old beef stew Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks, but. They went chest to chest, and it sounds like the sucker punch was so real that cops have been involved, and Isaiah Stewart has been arrested and charged with charged with assault. That's assault, brother. And look, you you throw a punch out on the court, it or in practice, and I, I hate to tell people this: fights happen in practice a lot more than you know about. I'm talking yes. real fights, but there is, and people get all worked up about this, and you know this, Dusty, from being in locker rooms. There's a code to this stuff. If you sucker somebody, there's there's ramifications, which Draymond Green dealt with behind the scenes. Yep. And if you do it in a place that's not sacred, which it's kind of insane to say that in front of 20,000 people, it's okay. But in the tunnel, it's not. But that's kind of how it works. Like, if it's in the flow of the game and heat of the moment, you know, there's stuff there. If it's in a practice, there's stuff there. If it's behind closed doors, it's, 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 it's you know, it's handled a different way, but in like an open space like that, that's like an actual fight. And this is the the thing that uh, I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around because maybe I just don't know Isaiah Stewart well enough, but there was a lot last night going, Boyd, this ain't surprising at all. Oh, no, remember, this this is the guy that had to be held back from killing Russell Westbrook. Remember when when Westbrook with the Lakers, that's where we got the Russell Westbrook putting his dukes up like the, the Notre Dame uh, mascot. I forget that that was Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, and actually it was Rip City Remix head coach Jim Morand who was holding Beast Stew back. So he is like that. He's a lunatic. No, and he, oh, like there's guys, everybody talks about, oh, nobody in the NBA fights. Oh, no, there are guys that do. There are guys that do. Isaiah Stewart is on that list. But what the hell did Drew Eubanks do? That's what I don't <laughs> That's know. That's the other part is that, like, I didn't know that Look, part about Isaiah Stewart. Drew's a red ass and he will instigate, but I. I'm having trouble figuring out what led to this instigation because something Shack ha- of Troutdale. Like, did he see him walk in the in the cargo bay and make fun of his fit? <laughs> what could have possibly happened? Like Isaiah Stewart wasn't active. He was meeting he was catching back up with the team after being off the roster from being injured. <laughs> like and the insane thing is That guy must hate playing in Detroit. He's just like, you know what? Yellow. I'm just gonna throw a punch and not play. I, I don't. I'm still trying. Like I've asked around about kind of what happened. And everybody's kind of like throwing their hands up because it's such an insane thing. It is very weird that we have a guy arrested because, it, I mean, these things happen. The timing and the place of all of these things it does matter, and that's why you don't see charges being filed really ever when you have an on court uh, argument altercation that gets physical. Or in a practice facility, you you usually don't see it. This must have just been so far out of bounds that 
you see something like this and what the fine will be by the NBA, what the punishment for Isaiah Stewart from the NBA will be, I like I cringe to think because think of what they've done to Draymond Green twice and he was not arrested three times yeah. and he was not arrested in any of those three situations. And then does this lead us to believe that Drew Eubanks gave the green light? I want to press charges because of what he did. And then this thing is number one, they, he has to give a green light for charges to be pressed because police, unless they are present and they see an assault happen themselves, they cannot be the ones because it's up to you whether or not you want to press charges. It's crazy. Well, Steve, if this was in the tunnel, though, too, before the game, then there's the chance that, you know, police, police were, they, were present. They could have been present, yeah. certainly. Like, hey, man, you can't do that. Uh. <laughs> wow. But somebody is pushing for charges here. This is kind of my, my point. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, no, okay, guys, we're good here. And that's what leads me to believe that this must have been one hell of a sucker. Wow. So, but Drew played in the game last night, so. <laughs> so he can take a punch. Yeah. Didn't look like he was battered too, up or too anything either. Yeah, no, this wasn't uh, Bobby Portis and uh, Miritich. Breaking his orbital bone. Collapsing his face. Yeah, that's not Putting good. him in the hospital for two weeks. Good Lord. Yeah. Bobby can throw a punch. All right. Well, Isaiah Stewart, he gets a... Uh, a sucker punch to Drew Eubanks and arrested all in the same night. I, I'm I'm really interested to see what comes out of this. Genuinely, how the league handles this because this is this is a new one. I can't remember. Like we we know the malice in the palace. Malice in the palace. Where... They talked about pressing charges, but they didn't. Think of that. Yeah, like nobody was dragged out of that place in cuffs. <laughs> to and be fair, Isaiah Stewart was twenty twenty four. Ron hit the wrong guy first, which that's where the charges <laughs> should have come from. But the guy that went charging Jermaine O'Neal, buddy, you you play Darwin games. Yeah, that's not that's a... that's on you. Yeah, running at the seven foot monster. Yeah, and nope, out and found out that dude had the look <laughs> on his face of. Hey, he's not that he is that big. Yeah. I don't want... Uh-oh, Jermaine O'Neal doesn't slip. Charges are probably filed because that man's dead. His head gone. Yeah, just punches his head off. I just... And I mean, uh, Steven Jackson got the, got the beer thrown on him, so everybody's like, well, he had that coming. Not Steven Jackson, the fan. Which, yeah, you throw a... Look, man, I don't care where, where you're at. You throw a beer on somebody, whether it's real life at a sporting event, you you got it's, it's on site. <laughs> yeah, like, it's on yeah, site. You don't throw a beer on somebody. You you have elected for that butt whooping. You about to find out. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That's right, baby Billy. If, I, if I'm a, if I'm the judge, well, judge he uh, he was he was talking a whole lot of s. Then I threw a beer at him. Oh, you threw a beer in his face? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah you had case that, dismissed. Yeah, Clack. You had that coming. <laughs> Call that the mutual combat. Yeah, that's. That's uh, that's that's grounds. I, I think that's grounds for a butt whooping. It is grounds for a butt whooping. Yeah. I think we're all here for it. So we're still waiting on the details of what happened, but yeah. it, it does appear that. Uh, I, I hope, mean, in any I, I need situation, the video I need the video. Send a video. Send a video. Send a video. Different video. Yeah, come on, somebody's <laughs> got to have it. Di- different video. Yeah, you can just when you the, type in and, Isaiah and, Stewart. And yeah. Video starts coming out like it. It fills oh, yeah. in that search. Oh, everybody! Like, everybody's looking for. It. Well, the yeah. Draymond one getting leaked out is like it set the precedent for like, and you know, well, there's, there's, cameras, there's everywhere. cameras everywhere, everywhere yeah. in those everywhere, yeah. everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> there, there are. I, and it's only a matter of time. I mm-hmm. uh, can't wait to see it. 
uh, we need to find out what exactly happened because I think we all look at Drew Eubanks. We're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Look, Drew's an instigator, but not. What if he went like full Kevin Garnett and said his wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios? <laughs> that would be worthy of getting uh, punched. Yeah, I heard that one. <laughs> oh, no. Kevin Garnett said that to Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah. And again, if I'm the judge in that situation, you said what to that man? Case dismissed. Yeah. Yikes. Kind of interested in Lala now. Try. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that came from. I mean, that's a very specific cereal choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he didn't say Captain Crunch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're it right. It tears up the roof of my mouth. <laughs> Come on. And there's the bridge too far. <laughs> and there's the bridge too far. Teed it up. And there we go. All right. Um... Huh. Save that one. I will. <laughs> I will. We have a new low bar next on the fan. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. Danny and Dusty it's on the, the Odyssey app and 1080. Well, one guy who's not hanging in when the times get tough is Georgia State head football coach Sean Elliott. Hmm. This dude resigned and accepted the tight ends position at South Carolina. Going from a head coach, not to a coordinator position like Chip Kelly going UCLA Mm -hmm. to Ohio State. He went head coach at Georgia State to tight ends coach. At South Carolina. At the wrong USC. He is, in what makes this even more perplexing, a little bit worse, this all came after their second spring practice <laughs> of the season. He just decided, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to go coach tight ends at South Carolina well, this instead. Has to, this has to be like either money or something's brewing behind the scenes, right? So he got he got paid a shade over $800,000 at Georgia State to be the head coach mm-hmm. there. The defensive backs coach at South Carolina makes $700,000. So it even if he's taking he is taking his pay cut. He's he's probably yeah, 5-600,000. And we're not talking a difference in sta- in taxes really because neither one's that punitive. But what the the impetus of all this is is NIL. And what he said is that, you know, what the reports are and what he's saying on background to people is that and the world of NIL and the idea that you have to recruit your own roster and guys that you gave a shot, that you developed, that you turned into serviceable players, getting plucked and pillaged from your roster on an annual basis and being at a school where you just can't keep up. He said, "What basically, what am I doing here? Like, I'm wasting my time mm-hmm. as a head coach if I cannot keep my own guys that we turn into great football players that get opportunities elsewhere. And I don't fault the guy one bit for it. The timing of it is absolutely 
bizarre. And I, if I have a criticism, it is that you start two spring practices when all of this has been weighing on you. You do two spring practices and you're like, yeah, no, sorry, guys. I'm going to leave you high and dry. That I take, I take issue with. And I think if you're a player there, you're pretty pissed about that. But all of this says is this is it's never been more apparent that we need another subdivision of the FBS where Georgia states don't have to worry about this sort of thing because they're not playing in that type of ball game. And in the world of NIL, I think that that's where we're looking at. I think that is the next big break. You either have the, you already have the haves and the have nots. It is FBS and FCS. You need the have, but you have the haves and the have nots within the FBS Mm -hmm. and they need to, not be on the same playing field. Yeah, the, play the, for your own championship. The North Dakota play for states else. of the world, the South Dakota states, the Montana's, the Montana states, like those, they should not be on the same level as. But they're not. Else. This is a Sun Belt team that is FBS, where in North Dakota state, South Dakota state, they play in the FCS. They know their lot in life, and they do a hell of a job and dominating in that realm. And that is where you sit there and you go, well, we, you know, we want to be part of the FBS and, and play at the highest level. You're not. No. You're not. That's what I'm saying. Those, those schools that are already there, they know who they are, where they are, where they're going to exist. The schools like the Georgia States need to kind of, I hate saying this, accept their lot in life. And that's what he's doing. And that's, well, I mean, as a coach, he's doing it. But I mean, as a program, you're not, You you probably shouldn't, be at the FBS level. No. And this is going to be the hardest part for Washington State and Oregon State moving forward mm-hmm. is they are stuck in this limbo right now where they are going down a path where they want that seat at the table because it got it's their seat significant got their money. chair got pulled out from underneath them. Mm-hmm. And they had been competing at that level and they've been competing at a very high level over the last several years. Yes. You can look at both of those programs and you can say and this is just football. That both of those teams, they deserve a seat at the table more than, you know, Illinois Vanderbilt. or Indiana do. Vandy is a great one. No. Where those teams, they have not made a charge and been relevant. Their geography alone dictated that they were at the table, whereas Oregon State and Washington State's geography dictated that they weren't. In by kind of being lumped in with the Mountain West, and this is why everybody's like, why don't they just join the Mountain West? This is why you don't just join the Mountain yeah. West. and you, say You hold out because out. of your opportunity. One fold, it is the two years of money that you're going to be getting as a Pac-12 mm-hmm. still will exist in name alone uh, with those two schools. But then it is this separation, this break, everybody knows that it is coming within the FBS. Oregon State and Washington State got to hold out for as long as they can and try to create a seat at the table. I do not fault them one bit for trying to do it. Will it work? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. No. But but you have to try. You have to scratch and claw because what is going to happen is all those Mountain West schools, they are going to turn into the Georgia States, anybody in the Sun Belt, the MAC, the American Athletic Conference. You are going to be lumped into what will rightfully be another subdivision of of the FBS mm-hmm. because they can't keep up financially. I think there might end up being a third one in the FBS. I think you're going to have, when this is all said and done, I think you're going to have the top 40 and then you're going to have the next 40 and I think you're going to have a third 40. I think you're basically it's going to be a road like it's 100 it's essentially 120 teams. I wouldn't mind that either. I th- like I, I think, think that's how it has to go. If you had three and, tiers. And I think I, I know it'll never happen, but I think promotion relegation should be a part of that. And the teams at the top will never no. accept it. Give up their yeah. seat at the table. 
because all it takes is... And it's not the teams at the very top. It's the teams in the 25 through 40 range. No, it is those, the Vanderbilts. It is, well, I mean, look, this guy left the South Carolina, or left the Georgia State job to go be the tight ends coach of South South Carolina. Carolina. South Carolina has had a few good runs here and there. Sure. Buddy, and look, I like what Shane Beamer, I like what Shane, the direction Shane Beamer is going, but it's an uphill climb Mm -hmm. to get there. You're looking at, like, Arkansas is a great example. They are a very passionate fan base. Oh, God, yes. They are, they want to be great. Mm -hmm. They just can't do it. And they've got a lot of money that they're pumping towards Mm -hmm. things. They're just at the bottom. And what they never want to do is never want to give up that seat at no. the table because it means too much to them I, from their pride. I wonder if the teams at the very top, though, say, I don't care that we're going to have this because we we want promotion relegation because it's better for us at the very top. And they're going to have more say than anything else because as much as they want a Vanderbilt on their schedule, if it, if it turns out, hey, we get more money because there's a draw for promotion relegation, all of a sudden games at the end of the season that they mean a they ton. can they can monetize them even further because of that. That it means more to those at the very top. They go, we don't care, and I, that's the one thing that I hold out hope for is that the very top is so selfish that they're willing to throw the, those underneath into the well. For sure. Text on the Vancouver Ford text line 503-864-6326. Uh, we will get to that to start our number two because we have great news coming out today. Fantastic news. Yes, and it's on the dock. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty. All right. My rock smashes your scissors. Oh, no, not these scissors, pal. This is a uh, special titanium steel alloy. Qualified NASA for the space program. These scissors that smash the Raptors smithereens. No, 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 not this rack. This rack happens to be kryptonite. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. Hey, what's happening, Norm? It's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. No! The Fan. All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this glorious Thursday in the Rose City. 503-864-6326. That's a Vancouver Ford text line. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. We had this text come in on as we were talking Georgia State and South Carolina. Remember back when it was stipulated NIL was not supposed to be used for recruitment purposes, but rather to allow current players to earn money from endorsements? Something tells me less than 5% of all NILs are based on actual endorsements as opposed to just blatantly buying players uh, to either come or just stay. Yes, and this is the the, the 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 hearings, the court proceedings that are going on, the congressional hearings, the lawsuits against mm-hmm. the NCAA. The NCAA's lawyers are having a... They can't even explain the difference between <laughs> what is an, in, an endorsement conversation yes. and an endorsement negotiation. I would, and they said, the judge asked him, what's the difference? And he's like, ah. I would hate to be on the NCAA's legal team right now because... 
if you're a lawyer, more often than not, particularly in this kind of litigation, you you, you want to be known as a guy who wins. <laughs> Every lawyer on the NCAA is going to get the crap kicked out of them for the next five years. They're, 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 I don't think there's a case that is currently up that they are going to win. And this is like this is the they made their rules of like no, you can't use them as recruiting inducements. Yeah. And the judge was like, okay. They're like, but you can have conversations with a collective. And the like, judge was like, the what difference? is the difference? And they're like, yeah, we need to figure that out. Yeah, yeah you need to figure that yeah. out because that's the problem. The, what's the closest thing I can think to an endorsement that, that, that I've heard of that was like, yeah, no, that sounds like a real endorsement. Like, yeah, it's it's good for the team and it's good for the players and everything was what the uh, the – was it the Toyota dealership in Utah? Uh, Dodge, Utah. Dodge, Dodge that's right. Dealership. And they, but they offered it to the whole team. Everybody. Like, like everyone. Like that's that's like a no BS endorsement. Hey, we're gonna give you a truck for eight months if you sign on. Like that did. And that that was the thing. It was like that's that's a no BS endorsement. Now, does it maybe help with you keep some guys around? Hey, a little, little happy, sure. But like that was like a yeah, no, that's like billboard ad endorsement type stuff. Well, another one that is gonna be legitimate is what players are gonna be getting for NCAA twenty five. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it has happened. We are back. We do not need to play NCAA football 14 anymore for our dynasty fixes. Oh, man. Uh, They they revealed their teaser video for it. And here's the thing that I don't know. It was the teaser to the teaser. I don't know what is an actual jersey and what was from the game Mm -hmm. because they showed some uniforms and it was like, wait, is that real life? Or not, and you're seeing like some of the leaks that are coming out because people are foying the EA anything, any communications with EA Sports. Mm-hmm. They are dialing in everything. Mm-hmm. Like they will get like what you do at the end of the first quarter, at the end of the second quarter. So like for for the Oregon Ducks, for example, mm-hmm. they will say they send them a list of songs and files of songs of what the marching band plays. When they get a first down, shout going third fourth down, quarter. what they play on kickoffs, shout on the fourth quarter, you know, uh, Matt Kearney home coming home mm-hmm. on at the end of the first quarter, like that. They are dialing in. They're giving everything. you the experience because they they have the rights. Well, will they get the musical rights? Is going to be the interesting. Part. Yes, because that's going to cost them a ton for a song like Shout, mm-hmm. or because then you're going through all of the artists. If you want jump around for Wisconsin mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. You're going to be have to pay House of Pain uh, a royalty on that. I also think that there's going to be a lot of people that will want to be involved with this. There's because the the reception of it all. I mean, has it's been through the roof. They just started their Twitter account. You know what? Let me pull it back up. It had two hundred thousand as of this morning. Let's check and see what they're at right now. But as it pertains to the endorsement aspect of all this, all the players they're going to have group licensing that they will that they will be able to put towards a every player that has their actual name, their actual likeness, their hometown, all of it on the rosters again will be coming back and that right there, that's a legitimate endorsement. That isn't just throwing money at people uh just so they'll go and play somewhere. It is going to be it, but here's the thing these schools I think are going to be pushing for all of the whether it's a musical artist that they, they play, they're going to want everything they're going to push it, it because then it becomes a recruiting tool yes. to be like hey this is Otson this is research this is Husky Stadium this, this is, is, what is how like. we this yeah. is what it's like on game day and they can move on from there yeah. it's going to be awesome yeah no I, I, look this is 
everybody talks about the the reach of Madden. NCAA football has it. Look, Madden is the game that sells. NCAA football is the one that has the biggest reach, and it's 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 the one that like I know guys my age still run, play their their dynasty runs on on NCAA fourteen. Like they still fire up their their Xbox and play that. We had a group conversation with my roommates from college because we used to do the we used to do that same thing where mm-hmm. all of us lived in the house. Every, we all had a team. We had to randomly pick our team, but we'd play dynasty mode. I had rice. And mine was Minnesota. Hey, that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnesota. And it, we randomly pick our teams, and then we'd have to play through dynasty mode. Mm-hmm. And there were fights over recruits. You, hey, yeah. no, you need to play your game today oh, so, so can we advance. can move on to the yeah. next week. Yep. Dumbass. Yep. And we all had to schedule each other. We had the group text with my college roommates of, hey, we are we all going to have to get new Xboxes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. overwhelmingly, it was... Yeah, we are. We, we're all gonna have to do. We got to upgrade. We have to. We have to make sure we get mm-hmm. the dynasties back up and running. It was, and I, I think that this is culturally, this is our our demographic. Oh, 100 percent. We think about things that, and I was thinking about this as I'm watching the trailer and I'm texting with my buddies. And I was like. I'm probably going to get an Xbox and I'm going to be playing this with my son and rubbing it in his face just like <laughs> I did with them. And that's something that he and I are going, going to, to share. We are going to share this moving 100%. forward because it was uh, the fabric of any college football yes. loving adult teenager or male <laughs> mm-hmm. from 1990, I think probably about 98. I'll say 98, 99. All the way to 2014. Yeah. It was, and so this coming back after mm-hmm. so long, I'm pumped for and it. And coming back the right way. Guys are getting compensated. And it's, it, uh, I will and take I can my tell money, right I'm going to do it. All those college kids, they are thrilled to have their name and likeness in the game. But this is like the first official confirmation that, mm-hmm. nope, it, it, we, it was all like, yeah, it's happening, it's happening, but they're saying... In it's gonna May, re- it's gonna release this year. In so. May, they're gonna have they're gonna announce their release date. That's why they had yeah. the unveil for the unveil. Yes. It'll it'll it has historically come out the first week of August. I would imagine it's gonna be the same. I can't wait. I'm 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 juiced, man. I I am all in on this. Some of the things that you, you heard that they were doing before the game stopped being produced. Mm-hmm. Like they were taking like cameras into stadiums and getting like the three sixty degrees, so they could like all of the stadiums looked pretty good in yeah. twenty fourteen, but they were gonna get like real mm-hmm. footage and they they're like our graphics packages and this is twenty fourteen twenty thirteen technically yeah well they were they were producing yeah. in twenty fourteen for fifteen yes. and they said nope not worth it can't do it anymore we're gonna get sued but they were like we are they were getting ready to do a big upgrade then. Of, it's kind of funny that, that of EA Sports recognized that they were going to get sued before the NCAA. No. Uh, <laughs> qualifier here. The NCAA always knew. They just had just their heads care. shoved uh, so far up their rears that they ignored it for so long. And EA, EA Sports is like, yeah, we ain't playing that game. Nah. Nah, we've, we're not. They were six years ahead of the curve. Yeah, I'm like, this is something I'm actually excited for. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm 100% grabbing that game. New pull. New pull. New pull. Will you buy... Oh yeah, and and it's the game, console and game because I'm 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 interested to see how many people are going to go out and buy a new console just to get the game because that's what that's the that's the 
lot in life that I'm served up right now. My Xbox is so damn old, I, I they won't even make it for that anymore. I have, like, the Xbox 360 at this point. I don't even have, like, the Xbox One. Uh, because when they stopped making NCAA football, I was like, mm, out. I'm done. I'm done. We'll see how many people are going to uh, Will NCAA Football 25 make you go out and buy a new console to play it? No. No. We need the options. Oh, okay. We need the options of just the game, have the console, console and game. No. Gotcha. Because I think there's a lot of people that are going to go out and buy more Xboxes or PS5s or whatever just in order to do this. Just okay. to get just get just to play the games. Because I I know you have a new one. You, I, you, you game. I, I, I've got both. I've got the I've got the Xbox Series X and a PS5. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Where do you find the time to do that? Very late at night by myself. He doesn't have kids. True gamer. True game. That other part of it, I don't have kids. Yeah, that's a that's a game changer, finding those hours. Honestly, the, the time that I play the most is after after games. I'll get home at 11.30 and I'm not going to sleep for two hours. And if I'm not watching tape, that's the first thing I'll do. I'll throw on some 2K. or. Ooh. I got the PS5 solely for, really for two games, for God of War and for Spider-Man. They're just incredibly fun to play. Spider-Man, fun game? Oh, buddy. Okay. I, you, you, you can sit there and just swing around the cities and just have fun. That's a drop. That's a cool I mean, point. that's a drop. Yeah. That's a, you knew. I, I was I, I was gonna say that. take an edible and swing around the cities, but you know. Oh hey, <laughs> hey yo, you know. I think we're we're in on this. Oh, hundred percent. We're in. Hundo percent. I don't know for us this. No. Yeah. That's, mm. a, that's a big no. See, and that's where that's where the line is See, right yeah. there. It was when you started getting into the games like '98, and then from there it was just kind of like. It's more just, I couldn't even tell you the last time I played a video game outside of like the dumb little mini golf game on my phone. I just, you know, it's like Sweet Brown says, ain't nobody got time for that. Tell me more about this mini golf game that you're playing, Russ. Like, are you just sitting there just lining up putts all day long? Yeah. Is that what you're doing on your phone in there? Oh, no, not, not right now. I'm working <laughs> very hard. Yeah. Determined. <laughs> hard work. All right. Uh, staying in football, the Seattle Seahawks uh, do right. Next on The Fan. Danny and Dusty on The Fan. We discussed this yesterday, the fact that the Seahawks had a bit of a question mark that they needed answered by Friday, and they did it today. John Schneider and company probably listened to the show. They picked up the option on uh, Geno Smith informing him they will keep him on the roster through the end of this week, meaning his uh, guaranteed salary for 2024 bumps up to $12.7 million. Nice little chunk of cash. No, it's not, not too shabby. But it's also great value for a starting level quarterback in the NFL. And the, whether you believe that they are going to draft a quarterback or not in this draft, this doesn't change that in in the Seahawks' mind because they they can still go through this evaluation. And at $12.7 million with a 9.6 roster bonus coming in mid-March, I believe, you have Geno Smith is a bargain for a team that if you're scraping the barrel to try and find a starting-level quarterback – you can get Geno Smith at a pretty reasonable price on the trade market as well. So 
for the Seahawks, this would really was not that tough of a decision, but it was one nonetheless that it for Geno Smith in the Seattle Seahawks, it makes sense for both sides. And if they draft a quarterback, I think this is when we start seeing whether or not Geno may want to ask for a, a, a new change of a scenery. Bit, not that, a little bit more cash. Well, you could yeah give him more cash, but at the at the same time. Ryan Grubb introduced as the offensive coordinator today, and I saw that he had a uh, press availability. With this offense, if at 16, Michael Penix Jr. is sitting there, there are people that feel that they may pull the trigger on him. They may feel like, hey, if we can hold off and try to get Penix in the second round because of his health history and age being a scare, and if he's gone by the time they get him, Look, you have Geno Smith that you can fall back on and say, we weren't going to reach on him and take him in the first round. Mm-hmm. We were going to wait and see if he was still available, and and we did. And we have holes that we need to fill on this roster, Otherwise. too. Because, look, you got Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner. Those are question marks mm-hmm. on the linebacking side. You need to bolster your defense. You need to get a, a, an elite pass rusher. Leonard Williams is going to be a free agent, yeah. and you got to try to hold on to him. There are a lot of holes that could be forming on the defensive side of the ball where – going quarterback early may not make sense if you have Geno Smith sitting right there uh, already at a reasonable price. And it allows you to kind of drag things out again for another year and not address quarterback and basically build that framework to where all you need is the quarterback, which seems to be the way that teams are going about things. I mean, you just kind of look up and down the board and the teams that have been built recently. That's the way to do it is if you don't already have the guy, you build the framework and you go, all right, now we try to figure it out. Now now it's the, the, the now the hard line. part. Now the really hard part. And this is a, a year of obviously massive changes within the organization. Mm-hmm. And if, to bottom. if you can stabilize it in any way possible, Geno Smith, by all accounts in regard, is a guy that is trusted in the locker room is not an issue in that locker room ever and holding on to him i think we may see geno smith enter the 2024 season regardless of who they draft uh quarterback or not be the starting quarterback to start the season in 2024 under mike mcdonald and i wouldn't be shocked one bit if that's the case and at the same time that's a really good trade piece, though, too. If you do go young, you do say we're going to hand the keys over to a rookie and let him run this offense because you can get value to maybe fill some of those holes that may be missing on that defensive side of the ball. I think they go all in, try to keep on a hold of Leonard Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McDonald is a guy, you get a defensive-minded head coach who's really damn good at what he does. You have that in your hip pocket there. I think that the future could be really bright for the Seahawks franchise on on the offensive side of the ball, even if you just keep with Geno. Yeah, I mean, you've got plenty of weapons with DK and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba Lock. It's probably aging out a little bit. You probably want to try to find something else there. Additionally, to kind of unlock things, whether it's the tight end spot or in the backfield. But, I mean, they've made decent picks at the running back spot. They just haven't been able to stay healthy. That's been their, their biggest bugaboo there. Uh, you need to address the interior of the offensive line. And it, as great as B-Wags was last year, and he was tremendous. He led the NFL in tackles. He's still that dude. Not too shabby. He's going to age out, and he's going to hit a cliff. And he's, it can fall really fast. And it, yeah, and so as much as him coming back was great, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I love him. He's absolutely tremendous 
no matter what system you kind of plug him into, you have to you have to make that cold calculated decision about what you're going to do there. And like you said, the pass rusher. What's interesting about this draft is this is the first draft in a while where you don't look at it and go, there's a pass rusher here that's going to wreck teams. Like, there's some good guys. They, if you believe in Jared Verse and, and his physical tools, he's a little bit inconsistent, but there's there's nobody in this draft, like, there's no Will Anderson Jr. where you're like, hey, this guy's going to be a terrorist, you know, it's right out of the gate. It, yeah, you got like Lotulatu from UCLA. UCLA. You got Chop Robinson mm-hmm. from Penn State, but it's like, who both have injury concerns, and you're sitting there going, "Yeah, but where are we go? Yeah, where are we? Where do we go here?" So if you're Seattle, you go, "Well, as much as we need that, we can also wait on that too, because it's not this this you know cream of the crop." But they do have a ton of interior offensive linemen in this draft, which again, you've addressed your tackles, you get the ability to to all if all of a sudden Geno Smith's clean every game, how much better does he look? And, I, and here's the other question: If I'm if 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 you are a coach or a general manager, and you are going to come into an organization, and you you have your choice of Daniel Jones at forty million dollars in building your team, or Geno Smith at under thirteen million dollars to build your team, which one are you taking? Uh, Geno Smith. And so. You, you kind of look at, your, at the situation that you're coming into if you're Mike McDonald and you've got Schneider who has done incredibly well in the draft. Year after year after. Really, the only misses they've had have really been at, at the health of running backs. When you think of this draft and kind of the positions that every team needs, mm-hmm. like that edge rusher mm-hmm. a, a type where looking at this draft, it, it is it is really weird because you got like Dallas Turner from Alabama and, and you yep. know the guys Latu and, and Robinson that we mentioned but there is a big fall off in a lot of these categories mm-hmm. the teams that are smart and draft well they are going to shine in this year's yep. draft because you have teams that are going to reach on quarterback mm-hmm. you have teams that are going to reach on pass rushers tackles pass rushers mm-hmm. tight ends too after after like after Brock Bowers, Bowers yeah. uh, it's a cliff yeah to tight end two where you don't have like a Luke Musgrave no. lurking in, in the shadows. It's a, it's a big drop off. There's going to be teams that reach. And then there's going to be the teams that are nails in the draft evaluation because they're going to understand really the depth of position. Because I, if you're, if you're like, if you, if you want another wide receiver, you can wait a long time and still get a really good. This is a very good wide receiver. So draft. deep. I mean, you're you're gonna see probably five in the first round where you're going, yeah, yeah, that that's not a reach. And you got tackles that may seem mm-hmm. as reaches, but they're gonna move them inside and play them at guard this cool, year, man. where it's it's gonna it's gonna look weird. But the smart teams are gonna thrive, and that's mm-hmm. where you look at Seattle. Mm-hmm. They have a history of talent evaluation and drafting really well. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans, Ooh, boy, have they cleaned up. The Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 40, the two teams that play in the Super Bowl. The Bills. The, it, you have... Uh, Steelers. I think the Chargers are going to be really damn good yep. this year, too, in that regard. Because you have Harbaugh coming in, who has intimate knowledge of almost every single one of these top prospects mm-hmm. from recruiting them in high school, planning for them in college. And to play that is thing. a that is a huge benefit mm-hmm. for guys as smart as Jim Harbaugh is. Do the Raiders, and not even selfishly, do the Raiders get smart? By adding Telesco, who has drafted brilliantly for the Chargers he's, for the last done decade. A, he's done a really good job. 
he has done a really good job in in L.A. and kind of just blocking out a lot of the noise, too. Can he overcome the dumb of the organization? Well, it, it, some of it, though, is he gets high-end players and he rolls the dice on injury concerns and they're injured a lot. <laughs> It happens, and that's that's kind of what's been the Chargers is the, the, that part of it. So. Oh man, it's going to be fun though. It'll be a it'll be a fun ramp up, and I think this is a really exciting offseason if you're a Seahawks fan. Yes, because of Mike McDonald coming in. Because there's real hope. You because have, you have talent. You're not you're not bereft of talent. No, you're you're banged up on uh, with your tackles uh, uh, on the offensive mm-hmm. line this year, but you know that you're you're solid there. Your corners nails at wide receiver. You got good young corners. Your running back position, if Kenneth Walker gets healthy and stays right, you're okay. You are now sitting there going, all right, we need to pick and choose which guys we value Mm -hmm. and which guys we can replace through this draft. And you could replace it in pretty short order there uh, in in Seattle. We'll see how much the Pete Carroll pull to Bobby Wagner and Mm -hmm. if he's just like, "Mm, we're going to see. I'm I'm good here. Coming, Coming up next. What if I told you the door falling off a plane wasn't the worst thing to happen to uh, plane and passengers over the last month? But first, here's the Big Kahuna with the Sports Center update. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. Honestly, we had the local and international story recently about the door falling off the plane of a Boeing aircraft and the recalls that came out of that and how the door was found in somebody's a teacher's backyard and that had to be a terrifying experience for all passengers and just the thought of like a door going poop mid-flight i honestly am always gonna wear my seatbelt now like i usually will like I, i'll get up and like once i get up i'm like eh. nope that seatbelt is on now because they're saying that the all passengers wearing their seatbelts is why nobody flew right out. Dude's shirt came off, which I have questions about the structural integrity of the clothing that shirt. he's wearing. That seems how like that happens. That's, that sounds like a shirt that was intended to come off. Well, yeah. that, those buttons were already hanging on for dear life. And from the way that the story w- was told by the lady who ended up like sitting next to him, like he crawled over and like sat next to another woman a row back, and mm-hmm. apparently like. They couldn't talk because it was too loud, and so they were using like the notes app on her phone to communicate. And he, on the notes app, he said, "You want to take a selfie?" <laughs> it's like, all right, this dude was definitely buttons open. This shirt was barely on. Oh yeah, and it just came flying off. This guy's all vibes. <laughs> all right, now it is one forty in the afternoon, so I'm hoping you're not eating right now. If you are eating right now, put the food down. Allow yourself a second as I read to you this story because this is a more, to me a more disturbing problem on a plane than uh, the door coming off. Cool, 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 cool. Can't wait for my skin to crawl. A Delta flight was recently forced to turn around an hour after takeoff when maggots fell from the overhead compartment onto passengers sitting on the economy seats. I'm out. Maggots fell out. Of the plane like a horror movie. Okay. Uh, uh, Where do we even begin here? My skin is curling. There was Uh, rotten fish in the storage compartments and maggots. Rotten fish? Yes. And if you're wondering where this flight originated from, it was Amsterdam. Strong no. Back to Detroit. (laughs) Yeah, no. Brother, if maggots are falling out on me like a horror movie on a plane, the compensation that you will need to come up with for me to not 
kill somebody is so extraordinary. I don't know where to begin. But Delta knows where to begin because the compensation package the travelers were given was 8,000 air miles, a hotel room, compensation, and a $30 meal ticket if they were delayed. What does 8,000 air miles get you? Nothing. Like, because we all not, know this. It's we not all know actual 8,000 air miles. Yeah. 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 How far will eight? Oh, no. How far will 80,000 miles get you? Nope. I want 8,000. Okay. How about where can I fly with 10,000 air miles? How about that? We'll see. It's worth an average close. of $100. You're looking across at. Across airlines. Yeah. Uh, no. You're going to get to Boise? No. Uh, most U.S. based airline dom- price domestic awards flights are at $12,500 or five, 12,500 miles one way. So that doesn't even get you one so way. So like I said, it's, it's about $100. That's ridiculous. Buddy, I better get a flight literally anywhere in the no, world round see, trip. This is the most ridiculous part is that they know they got you. And they're like, all right, well, you guess what? You guys can drive wherever you want to go. There were maggots falling out of the overhead compartment. How long does fish need? First of all, what psychos bringing fish onto the plane? If you're that person, you're like, well, I bring fish. No, stop it. Look, I don't I, do that. I sat behind little... somebody once on a flight. I think it was from uh, the flight home from uh, uh, Minneapolis. And it, yeah, the dude ahead of us, he reached Had some up. like Ludafisk or something? It was something. He, uh, once, the, once they turned off the seatbelt light, he went up in the overhead compartment and grabbed his cooler out and it stunk. See, and I think I have a problem with like even like smoked salmon on on a on a flight because Look, I enjoy I don't on mind the it. Plane is a non-starter, and it's not as pungent as like normal fish, but it is still there. Like you don't eat pungent foods, whether it is fish, curry, like uh, anything that is really. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fight you on that one. No, stop. You're I, an animal. I, I am. I am. I am the serial killer. Look, here's my rule. Don't. Here's my rule. Here's my rule. If they sell it in the airport, it can go on the plane, which is why you never find fish. On planes, because they never sell fish in the bleeping airport. Well, they do at a restaurant, but like, don't. And that is have some respect I, again, for the people the to around go. you. And when I say when I say that they sell it in the airport, air quotes is the to go. Like I had uh, uh, still not on board with it. Oh God, it's a place in Carolina. They have a chicken and rice bowl. It's very stinky, very tasty. Uh, Bojangles, Bojangles. Very, don't comes on the plane. Don't. Yep. See that is that is psychopath behavior. Uh, look, I said, I know I'm look, I'm the bad guy that gets on the plane wearing flip-flops with stinky uh, food and the seat reclining. S- shoes off on a plane is also weird. I, look, Nobody I, wants that. I well, I don't take them off. But flip-flops or Crocs. I do not look, I do not fly with stuff holding my, like all tight on my feet. I don't like it. I am not you are the worst travel companion. I am. Look, you're I know. The people, I you're the, you are the person nobody wants to I sit get next to. But on a plane. well, here's the thing though: as as bad as that all is, I take a co- copious amount of drugs and I f- smash up against the window and take up the least amount of space a fat guy's ever taken up. Because <laughs> I just smoosh over against the window and pass out. That's okay. See, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I may Stinky my food, though, it's got you eat that before you get on the plane. And if you are in a situation where you're like, hey, I, I got this really stinky food and I'm in a tight crunch, then guess what? Probably shouldn't eat before you no, get on that no, plane. No. You need to plan better. No, the only this time is I on bring... you. And everybody else around you on ah. this air-compressed tube of mm-hmm. death has got to suffer because yes. you didn't plan enough time. No, it is planning. Because the only time I bring food on the plane is on long flights. 
It is a then don't bring stinky food. Mm. If you're planning it out, and you're like you wrapping up a PB and J. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna bring the stank food. That is, that is crazy behavior. Crazy behavior. I did the. the, the Are we wor- gonna have poll number three? The worst. Is it okay to bring pungent food on a flight? The worst thing I ever brought on a flight, and I'm, I'm gonna admit this one, uh, was from Papados at DFW. Okay. Deep fried alligator. Oh. I bet that tastes really oh, good. Oh, dude, it's oh, it's so good. They have their own little special sauce for it, but yeah, it's uh, it's got it's got a distinct smell. Oh man, the deep fried alligator bites. Yeah, maggots though. Yeah. How long were they in there Bro. for to get the ah! maggots? Like, was it something that God, somebody even had? Just the sound of the word sent the shiver down it, my it, no, spine. No, like, like recently, I, is it something I, that was recently put in the overhead bin, or was it something that was like stuck there and they just didn't clean it? I don't, I don't know. Don't know. There's no. There's not a lot of clarity on this. This is bad. But yeah, it's just. Who, boy, it's um. It's a lot, man. It's I just, way. It's worth way more than eight thousand miles. Uh, yeah, as I'm saying, if if maggots fall on me, somebody's losing a limb, life, or I'm getting paid a lot. Yeah, that's not. The- hundred bucks? No, no. Uh- no, absolutely, See, unequivocally not. This one, PDX has Moe's, and I brought clam chowder on the plane. Oh, that's time, nasty my, behavior. My stepdad gave me so much crap. Never again. You have a good stepdad. Yeah, see, you cl- have a good stepdad. Clam chowder. That's a that's a particular stink. Because you could just like also soup on a plane. Yeah, that thing is just coming right out of the yeah, container. Yeah, that's 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 a move. Oh man. Yeah, we need to we need to plan ahead. Uh, this one, what about poopy diapers? Poopy diapers are fine it, because it, it if you're a parent. There's nothing you can do unless it's your poopy diaper. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I mean, then we like can if you're coming back in Vegas and we you have know, some, we we, we have throw some... you in a diaper because you're still not okay. Oh, uh, we had the the uh, on the flight to Vegas one time. We were in the far back row, and the other side of the aisle was the restroom, and somebody. Oh, blew it up. Destroyed that joint. And like the flight attendant was walking up and down the aisle, waving around the bags of coffee grounds to try yeah. to get rid of Eat the smell. Up. I mean, oh, all, it was awful. All bets are off on a flight from Vegas. But yeah. if you're talking stinky food, you have an obligation. Do not, t- you cannot bring stinky food on a plane from Vegas, Cabo, Puerto Vallarta, Cancun. Like, do you, you, you absolutely cannot do it because everybody on that plane is hungover. I, I, br- I brought food on from, bu- it was not seafood. I brought food on from Bubba Gump Shrimp from Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Uh, See, you're not helping yourself yeah. with being like yeah. the worst person I told to you, be on I'm, the plane I'm with. I'm terrible. But in all fairness. Well, but you don't think about the other people. I do, but I didn't care. Um, Again. <laughs> so he doesn't. So, so, that yeah, that, yeah. that is no. That is n- not caring. Uh, I had a uh, a woman who had a, a uh, not a newborn, but a very young baby. Um that was sitting next to us and we had no spot. We had a space in between us in the seats. We changed seats with them so that she could have more space and change the baby and everything else. Um, kids scream the entire time. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I feel like this is my trade off is the screaming kid for bringing the food on the plane. So I felt bad. No, I felt bad. still not. Still no. One thing you can control; the other thing you cannot. Well, you can just not bring the kid to Mexico. Oh my gosh! Just saying, I it, parenthood is going to be. I can't wait for parenthood for you. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna it just, is going to I'm not be. Gonna take my kid abso- to Mexico at two years old. It is going to be it's an not gonna be a thing. absolute. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Hmm. 
Sometimes you don't have a choice. No, I guess my wife's staying behind. My my sister got <laughs> married in Mexico City, and my son had mm. both. Uh, he had the both types of pneumonia. He had the Oof. viral and the bacterial pneumonia, and he was running like a fever of 103 on a flight back from Mexico City. Guess what that kid did at two years old the entire time? Oh no! Wait, with their ears popping for the first and there time was, in their life. There was a. There was one person that said something to my wife, and she looked over at him, and she goes, do you think I want this? And then two other people around this person <laughs> Gave spoke, him the elbow. spoke up and were like, you need to shut up, mm. because she's doing everything she could. Yeah. And it was like, that was, whoa, buddy. I, I thought imagine. my wife was going to kill him. The, the crazy Russian in her came out, and I was like, <laughs> oh, Vlad the Impaler. You don't want to mess with her nice. right now. You don't want this smoke. I can tell you right now, there's nobody in women's college basketball that wants to mess with Caitlin Clark as she is getting ready to set an all-time NCAA scoring record. The price of admission is crazy. We'll get to that and more. Come here, Danny and Dusty, tonight the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. Caitlin Clark has a chance to break the NCAA women's scoring record tonight, 5 o'clock against Michigan, breaking Kelsey Flume's not long-standing record, but longer-standing record. Yeah, isn't it Kelsey Waller now? Or is she married to Darren Waller? She is. Kelsey Plum, also, Darren Waller? That's a little, there's stuff going on. Oh, there's, they're not married? Darren Waller's going a little crazy. Uh-oh. Yeah, that'll well. happen. Maybe we'll, well, that'll probably pop up on a worse day, probably relatively soon. That's us. Um, but... Caitlin Clark is is about that life. She is an absolute. When you when you hear like the uh, women's sports needs to get more traction and needs more stars and like this, she's that. She is tremendous. She is the Steph Curry. Like as much as I love Sabrina Ionescu, University of Oregon, and her shoes are incredible and branding. The level of player that Caitlin Clark is, she is the Steph Curry to women's basketball. She is incredible. Her scoring ability. Unfortunately, the um, Portland project to try to get in the WNBA team has been put on a hold because she would be an opportunity for them to maybe get her in the draft. Pick would have been nice. Or Juju uh, from USC in two years when that comes to fruition. I mean, that's a little bit sideways, but that's neither here nor there. The get in price average right now is $400 for that game. See, I'm going to have to text my high school track coach, Jim Smith. He flew from Oregon to Iowa. To go to this game. To go to the game. To go to this game. I wonder what what he paid to get in the door. What he's going to be paying to get in the door. So you, there, the cheapest that are that were out there were Ticketmaster two eighty five, StubHub two fifty one, Vivid Seats two thirty seven, SeatGeek two seventeen. But those were kind of the opening prices. This is when when they had the the big uh, game in Nebraska. Four hundred dollars was the get in price there too. Yeah, and that w- that was wild. He, she was thirty eight points away for that one. Yeah. People were waiting a mile and a half in line. Mm-hmm. This is nuts yeah. to think of the, the popularity of Caitlin Clark, Iowa women's basketball, mm-hmm. what they've been able to do. But remember, <laughs> they were in a tight game with Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They were chucking up shots all over. She was not the one no. shooting, and Nebraska beat them on Sunday. And that's the thing is. The, the depth of women's basketball at the top end is still not there. But with players like Caitlin Clark, that's where you're hoping 
it comes is that the the exposure of her game to more and more women helps to continue to grow the game. What's really interesting about they hide her on defense, though. Yeah, I mean she's she's Steph. She's shooter. She's Steph Curry. She's shooter. Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting about women's basketball? Think about the best programs that have that have existed so far: Tennessee, UConn, Iowa, South Carolina. They're prestigious universities in a sense, but they're not what you would think of as far as like national brands. And it's it's been very interesting to kind of watch those brands become so powerful. Hell, Oregon. They are what they do is they have great coaches that develop talent. And, and when you get in root. it's incredible to see the growth that they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is when you have a coach that is and that's the thing is that you're talking about like Don Staley and Pat Summit and Gino, Gino Ariema. These yeah. are the they're the they're national team coaches. coaches. Yeah, like these are these the, the Greg Popoviches of the world, the uh, Coach Krzyzewski's, the Bobby Knights. Like that's who they are. And I think that what we kind of see here is we are still at the infancy of what you know women's sports and the hierarchy and the pecking order. This is exactly where college football was, but it was a hundred years ago. Yeah. I mean, why would the University of Alabama be a, a school that is a marquee school in football? Mm-hmm. You know? It doesn't make sense. No. I mean, Georgia does because it's close to Atlanta. Sure. You know, it's... It, but Alabama's in the middle of nowhere. But middle seeing... of nowhere. But Bear Bryant mm-hmm. built a behemoth there. Yep. And it, it was the exact same thing. If you go back to John Heisman at Georgia Tech, they were a football powerhouse mm-hmm. in, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. no less. You have Newt Rockney in South Bend, Indiana, mm-hmm. with the Notre Dame football program. Like, this is where... It, it was the exact same thing, where they were the best coaches of the time. And we still regard a lot of these programs as the blue blood programs yep. of football because of their impact that they had a hundred years ago. And you take a look around college women's women's college basketball in particular, because we might find time to talk about men's college basketball and the the shape that it's in right now. And ladies and gentlemen, it's not good. But I mean, even locally, you've got Cam Brink, who was at Mountainside, who's at Stanford right now, who's going to be in the WNBA. She's going to likely going to be a top five playing player. for Tara Vanderveer, who is another one of the winningest coaches no, of all time. The the winningest, winningest coach, coach of, of all time, time. Uh, across all of basketball. Um, but you you see how the game is changing and how the influence and the growth of the game. There's a there's a I want to say she's a junior in high school. I, forgive me for not remembering her name. The people who are still holding out on women's basketball, like, oh, they don't dunk. There's a six foot four girl right now that is out there, like, cramming on dudes in <laughs> high school. So the evolution on is, dudes or chicks? No, on dudes. Like, like dudes. she's she's playing in. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. if it was like in games. No, no, or no. Like she's just bamming. Like, yeah, she she's she's built like that. Here it's kind of it. nuts. Here for it. Yeah. So it's it's just if you got a minute tonight, flip over and watch it and watch how nuts. That game gets and watch how crazy. If you think the environment's going to be awesome, if you think that women's sports aren't coming, look. Even if it's not, even if it's not for you, they are, buddy. It's gonna be nuts. It's fun. It is. It it is really fun because I think as sports fans, we all love watching greatness, and you get a chance to talk about it now. I mean, you're you're talking about greatness with Caitlin Clark. She's going to go to the WNBA and she's going to be a superstar. It's going to be nuts. That's going to be great. And it looks like, uh, you know, Nike's going to probably be in front, oh, in front of the line for yeah. her, too. <laughs> but if you're Adidas and you want to start getting in on the women's sports, they have a massive hole 
in their lineup of endorsers, and it, they do not have. We were talking about this with Dame when he came yeah. back. Like Dame is their basketball endorser. If Adidas throws the the backs up the Brinks truck and throws all the bags of cash at her, mm-hmm. that's a great place to start with their women's basketball mm-hmm. line. Speaking of basketball, the nerds are taking over. Nerds taking the game back. Coming up next year on Danny and Dusty, Tinny the Fan. Danny and Dusty. My uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as he walk in the house, he's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to start no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chatter, throw the mat. Now that's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking a Brontosaurus burger. The Fan. Hour number three on 1080 The Fan. Danny and Dusty. Reminder, 1080 The Fan invites you to play in the first annual Fan Winter Golf Classic at X-Golf Tualatin, X-Golf Vancouver, Tuesday, February 27th. That's less than Hell two yeah, weeks brother. That's away. That is less than two weeks Come away. Come quick, man. That's get, 12 days gotta away. Gotta get loose. Gotta get those hips loose. R.I.P. Chubbs. in the hips. Uh, the 4 p.m. round at X-Golf Tualatin is sold out, and the noon round is filling up fast. You can also choose from either the noon round or 4 p.m. round at X-Golf Vancouver. Fill it up, baby! Dusty and I will be out there, as well as Isaac and Souk will both be broadcasting live. Uh, Dusty and I at Vancouver, Isaac and Souk at Tualatin. Thank you. The winning threesome will win a free foursome at this summer's 10th annual Fan Golf Classic. The last place threesome will receive a free lesson at X-Golf. So even if you suck, you win. Because you suck. There'll be food for our golfers from Victorico's Mexican Food, Super Bowl <laughs> commercial rated yeah. Victorico's, Pearl Catering, and the Urban Restaurant Group. All golfers will play the historic Pebble Beach course on the state of the art simulator. Go to 1080thefan.com for more info to sign up your threesome meow. Speaking of, Tiger uh, is playing in the Genesis. He's wearing his new gear, he's wearing his Sunday red. Which now makes, now makes sense as to why they unveiled it yesterday. They knew. Because he was, well, they had to, because he was going to be rolling out on the course with his new gear, and everybody would be like, what the hell is he wearing? Well, this what is, is, that? is this, this is his tournament, too, I it believe? Is, it is. Yeah, okay. Remember, this is where he got into the car accident at. He was oh, leaving God. Riviera to go down to shoot a commercial, I think, with Justin Herbert and Drew Brees. On probably a lot of pills and, dro- and alcohol. That's the, I, yep. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. And his leg was basically almost torn off. Yeah, but he's out there. He's out there. Last I saw, he was even. I don't know where he's at right now, though. If I, could, But he's playing, and I love it. And that's the thing. is like I love watching him play. I do. It just, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not going to watch golf unless it's him. He's on 18, even par. Even for, par. Tied for 50th. Wow. He was one Scoring of just... Being done. One of three players to reach the 609-yard par 5 and 2 today. <laughs> Good. How many yards? 609. 609-yard six par hit, 5. Did he hit driver off the grass? Good God. <laughs> he does, he'll go driver off the deck. He'll go, he's, he's crazy. The greatest is there's a video of him and Charlie, and uh, he pulls the driver out of the bag on the deck, mm-hmm. and Charlie's like, you're not going to do it. Yep. He's like, Watch. Take a seat, young man. Yeah. <laughs> Let me Watch. show you what dad can do. Watch what daddy does. <laughs> daddy daddy going to work right now. Uh, the nerds have taken over the NBA to much the chagrin of the basketball purists, of the true hoopers that are out there. The three-point revolution has been too much for them to, to, to really handle. Nerding! Uh, a big part of this, the revolution, uh, more than a decade ago, the MIT sports 
conference, otherwise known as Sloan, has been a place where uh, ideas are presented around around from around the world uh, by the biggest nerds on the planet, people with PhDs in all kinds of counting and geospatial mapping and all kinds of crazy things come out there. The biggest thing that could really come out of there to impact sports, particularly basketball, was the intrinsic value of the three-point shot and how much Daryl Morey's rockets put on that. For those that don't understand the simple math behind it, three is worth more than two. But it's not that it's just that. It's that it's yes. worth 50% more. Two is worth, or half, half of two is one. That one point, because of how just counting statistics work, that 50% value. We by- were mathing until we weren't mathing. Because <laughs> two is quite literally two-thirds of three. Yes, but the <laughs> the difference between the two. When you one, take shooting averages into consideration. And so you start figuring out the things that are most valuable mathematically are the corner three, because it's the shortest distance. Very short. And a layup, dunk, or free throw. Because, of again, value inputs. Value. So you started getting everyone chucking shots. And shout out Phil Beckner, who has said shooting is the separator, because it's the thing you can teach. You and I have talked off air the last couple of weeks about how generating feel and passing and playmaking isn't something that's real it's really possible, but that's maybe the, the new frontier of basketball. But when it comes to shooting, we have reached a point where the three is no longer as valuable because, number one, everyone is shooting it, even those that should not be shooting it, to the point yeah, where... Yeah, and that's a frustrating part. It is. And two people have, have put together a paper. Uh, it's being led by Matt Michael from Syracuse University. It's being presented at Sloan in the beginning of March, so in, in a little more than two weeks. That highlights the expected value versus actual value is declined to the point where a two-point shot is now just as viable as a three when spread across the average of the NBA. Because not everybody is Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Anthony Simons, guys who can shoot 10 threes a game at 40%. And I think that that's where like the basketball purists, they actually do have a gripe in the in the current state of the NBA, is because we have we have gone beyond the threshold of the volume of threes. Because if you look at by three-point shooting percentages, and is this from last season, the complete work of last season, or does it take this year into account too? Because It, it is up. Uh, the value is up to... It's, uh, because as a here. whole, I think you only have three teams in the NBA, entire NBA that are shooting under 35% from three as a team. In last year, there were actually far more teams shooting way below that. I think it, it is up like through eight. it is up through twenty two twenty three. Yeah, last year you saw a lot of these teams like there's like eight teams shooting under thirty five percent as a team from three, mm-hmm. and when the volume is that high, and all of a sudden we're not seeing the averages in the three point percentage, then you go, all right, now we need to bring the the ball back in closer, play and, it a little bit tighter, and there is a sweet spot they blew right past. And this happens in any trend in any fad in sports. We've seen it with the RPOs in, in football. Mm-hmm. We have seen it, uh, well, zone read kind of led to our Passing in general, where we saw needed, the volume of passing you, go down. You needed to flex that out a little bit more mm-hmm. and have a pass option off of that mesh point in the run, and it couldn't just be run-run. You had to have 
a, a zig off of it. And we're seeing the adaptation across football. You see it in baseball as well in the analytics community saying there's so few of stolen bases now. It's actually become an advantage to mm-hmm. steal the base again, especially with the base size increasing. But even before that, they yeah, was trending to towards yes. stealing bases became advantageous again. And now we're starting to see it in basketball where we hit that threshold. It actually took longer than I thought mm-hmm. for us to hit the threshold of three pointers because this is almost nine years now of every single season seeing it not just like incrementally go up, but it exploded yes. about nine years ago. And then we haven't seen it turn back at all. We're hitting that threshold. Though. And, and this is where, and not only that, basketball is a sport that fundamentally changes between the regular season and the playoffs. They are, they are two different sports, genuinely. The, the, even though the rules are the same, the styles that are played. In the NFL, you definitely see a change, for sure. For sure. But the possession counts, the styles, the shots that are taken, the pace, everything changes in the playoffs. And so the, the, the value that you get from Nikola Jokic, from DeAndre Ayton, from Kevin Durant, from C.J. McCollum, guys who shoot well above 50% in the mid-range on volume, they've been breaking the system for years. And there's always been this adage of like, well, why don't they just get closer? It's like, because right now, defenses are designed to take away two things. Rim shots, three-pointers. They're designed. If you can, if you can get to your spots, <laughs> this is the bane of every Blazer fan's existence. How many open corner threes they were giving up? You know, like five or six years ago, I was like, why? Are Terry Stotts and Mike Budenholzer said, "Look, the three that you're gonna have to, you're gonna get is gonna be the corner three, but you're gonna have to work to get it." <laughs> yeah, but that was what they, the Bucks won a title based on that saying. You're not going to get to the rim because we're going to have Giannis helping and we're going to have Brooke Lopez and drop. Good luck. And I think what you're going to start to see, I, I asked Chauncey Billups about this in, in a random discussion a couple weeks ago. Do you think we've reached this point? Because I kind of felt this coming and kind of stylistically how things are changing and, and where you're seeing guys start to work more. And it's not prevalent yet, but you're starting to see guy, more guys not settling, but creating shots that exist at the elbows again because there's so much space in, in, in those places. And but see DeAndre Ayton's shot chart. Yes, it, he, he lives at 10 feet. But he sh- the only player in the NBA shooting better than DeAndre Ayton in that range is Nikola Jokic. DeAndre Ayton is, is a... It's not a like, oh, he's a good... No, he's a phenomenal mid-range shooter. And he's getting great looks, too, because that's what they're giving watch, you. Watch tonight against the, the uh, Timberwolves. They don't run a strict drop like they have been with Rudy Gobert. They're playing him up to the level because of Anthony Simons. You can't run drop on Anthony Simons because he will just pull and you're giving up points at that point. But otherwise, they're going to run drop pretty consistently. And when you do that, that drop coverage, you're going to play at the nail. There's a nail on the floor in the middle of the free throw line all the way back to about four feet from the rim. That's the space that DeAndre Ayton, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, it's the spot they want to cook in. But what's interesting here is you're starting to see, again, more players that are younger now playing in that space, which is great for me because I think that the the diversity of skill and diversity of game, the thing that is still very drastically missing from the NBA is footwork, which is why you see guys with elite footwork be so successful. Europeans. Yes. Jokic, 
Luca, even Giannis, who like, everyone's like, oh, he doesn't have a bag. His footwork, he's seven foot tall hitting Euro steps from the three point line. Watch Wemby's footwork. Jalen Brunson, who's six foot tall, is cooking people with footwork nightly. And I think that this change will bring back more micro skills in the NBA, which brings more diversity of game, which makes for better contests. It's again, the styles make fights. I hope to God we are getting, I want to see. And basically, this whole study is saying kind of what we're all, what we're, as viewers we've reached of the NBA, we, of we sit there and we go, we're going to see more made shots. Mm-hmm. And because you're getting better, what they're saying is that there are better looks that have a higher probability of conversion now in the NBA that just aren't being taken anymore. And I'm here for it because it, it has got, the NBA has gotten clunky. It's gotten clunky now. For regard. those that are wondering the math, the expected points per possession. Then this is what triggered this paper. The expected points per possession based on the conversion rate is 1.083 for a three-pointer league-wide right now. For the first time since, I want to say, 2016, I believe is what they had it highlighted as, the two-point points per possession value was higher at 1.096. And I know that doesn't sound like that much, but that's a pretty substantial difference. And well, yeah, if you take, you know, over 100 possessions... 100. I mean, your average right now is is a hundred. Hundred possessions a game. So you you start you know it's you know it's the difference between what five points a game. So yeah. All right, coming up next, more basketball. The Portland Trailblazers have three rookies ranked in the Ringers top fifteen. We'll take a look at the at where they were, where they are, and where they project going forward. Coming up here on Danny and Dusty, ten of the fan. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We need way more time to talk about this than four minutes. So what we're going to do instead is talk about the incredibly weird, awesome LED floor that they are dating. We already talked about this. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we no, already no. talked about this twice. No, we're going to talk about this again. Okay. Because... I put it out on the timeline that everybody's is, is, is actually seen it in action. Okay. And I have gotten a lot of feedback of like, I can't handle this. It won't be dynamic as they're as, as they're dynamic as the, when they're playing. Yeah. But it timeouts, it'll be incredible for all star events like three point, they'll it'll be it'll be moving a lot. And I think the three point competition is like going to be the interesting one for me. Where it like lights up like on fire kind of a deal. And- they the players will not like it. In, in that when you have to focus and you're when everything is about your focus on the rim, I think that's where you're going to see the guys start complaining. I don't think they're going to light up anything in front of them, but I think they'll probably light up something underneath them. Yeah, and that might be distracting. But what's interesting about this, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is like I can't like I can't see the floor. It, like it's giving me headaches. I wonder how many people have recently been to an arena that had the new laser systems that like make the the ground look like it ha- the floor whatever surface ice wood whatever look like it has depth like vertical like the, the, there's something that they do to what the the way they layer it with whatever technology there's a lot of people that still aren't used to like Oregon's floor or TCU has a scale mm. has scales all over their floor and they never will but I think this LED floor, I think we really do have staying power to it. I, I think there is going to be, 
a push to make this the norm and have this yeah. as a playing surface. If it does not lead to injuries, it's already it been, is safe. been tested in FIBA. That's why it's being rolled out at All Star. <laughs> they used the international stuff to test it before the NBA guys got out there that were worth tens of millions of dollars. The worst thing that could possibly happen is somebody gets hurt in this. Yeah. And the, <laughs> I mean, like, then we'll never see it again. Like, playing on it is one thing. I wonder what happens, like, what they do to it and how they treat it for, like, uh, fluids, liquids. Like, I'm not even talking, like, a spilled beer. Like, what happens if, like, for the guy who... What happens if Usher gets out there and super sweaty guy drips all over it? I think what... the See, because super sweaty guy is a great advantage, not just in pickup basketball, but in the NBA as well, because nobody wants to touch that person. No, not only that, you, like, you, you can't really body him up. You slide off him. And when they hit the deck, and what you're saying, does that does that snail trail yeah. end end up like? Is that somebody <laughs> somebody tearing a hamstring because they're doing the front to back splits? Uh, well, I guess we're gonna find out, right? Uh, total side note: speaking of front to back splits, it is that that floor though is so badass. And you tweeted out the the link. You retweeted it. Yeah, it is. It's it's unreal, man. Incredible what yeah. they can do with that thing, and and, and they're gonna use during stoppages. They're going to show replays on the floor. That's cool. Like, how how crazy is it going to look when you've got, like, a 54-foot-tall Steph Curry hitting a 40-foot three? That'd be pretty awesome. Right? That'd be pretty awesome. That's great. But, One thing I can't wait for, though, is when they have, like, you know, Todd Bosma's out there during a timeout, and they're doing, like, the tic-tac-toe, and show it's superimposed on are. the floor. And we all get mad at that. <laughs> That's the next thing that we all get mad at. Somebody, somebody the, played tic toe last week. It happened again. It's the worst. It happened again. It's the worst. I was in the arena. We had the uh, Jamba Juice free throws, though. Yeah. And the guy made them. He, yeah. he got his shots I, up. I can't remember the last time somebody didn't hit all three. It was. It, I don't. I legitimately. I can't remember the last time somebody didn't hit all three. Now he was. The half he was court working shot, for it. The half court shot has been abysmal lately. We come Case, on. Casey Holdall is is tracking just how bad this is. Also, I've seen Casey hit a underhanded half court shot. See, you got to put your ego aside. You just throw it underhanded. Throw it underhanded. Everybody comes up short trying to shoot. Man, look, if you aren't shooting every day, that, that I have my that system, range. That range is going to get you. I have my half court system. It's not. It is not anywhere close. The worst is when you see somebody line up to like take an actual shot, and you're like, "Oh, buddy!" Or they don't get any kind don't, of like they just yeah, take a jumper. That, yeah, you're. That's not. You're not work. Damian Lillard. You don't have that in your bag. You got to take a step, and it kind of starts at the hip. You got to shoot from the hip and you, just. It's go got to have a lot. You got to. You got to overshoot. Make sure. Guess overshoot. what? That uh, Toyota Tundra that you're winning. Mm. It doesn't matter if you bank. Bank's open on no. that. Bank is open. Doesn't matter. Look, Glass is your friend. Underhand, overhand, doesn't matter. Just get it there. <laughs> That's right. Figure it out. All right, coming up next, uh, three Portland Trailblazers made the top 15 rookie rankings done by Jay Callahan at the Ringer. We'll get to that and more coming up here. But first, here's the Big Kahuna Sports Center update. You ever had a Big Kahuna burger? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. The Ringer has updated their top 15 rookie rankings done by Jay Kyle Mann, who's a very, 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 very smart guy. Uh, one of the guys that I love talking to about uh, draft. Jake Kyle Mann? Jay Kyle. Jay Kyle. Jay period Kyle Mann. Kyle Mann. No. Okay. Got, Got it. it. Yep. Up to speed. Jay. 
I did. I didn't know. I didn't know where we were going there. No, uh, he is a rabid Kentucky basketball fan. Oh, hey, he he's he's a he's a Kentucky uh, bluegrass kind of man, uh, but he is a basketball sicko, and he watches tape. He the, he is a tape fanatic, uh, and he's also what is really going to maybe surprise a lot of people in Portland is that he is a massive believer in Scoot Henderson. Oh, hey, good. That's good. So. He's been watching what we've all been watching, though, which is the growth of Scoot Henderson and the comfortability in, yes. in and he, the NBA. And he was worried It's early growing, on. man. Him and I were, were talking early on about, you know, you want to see something. Because early on, he didn't even show the flash because he was so kind of shocked. And it was Deer like, in headlights. Okay, just give me a little, just sprinkle a little something, let me know that you're there. And then he did a couple times, like, okay. That'll that'll satiate the the masses at least maybe for a little while, and now you're starting to see it more and more and more to the point where over the last ten games, he's averaging uh, fourteen points, four re- or four assists, three rebounds on 43, 42, 97 shooting. Forty two is the one that is the, the most assuring yep. to fans that have watched him struggle from beyond the arc mm-hmm. recently or hey, recently this season. This in general, um, but he released his top fifteen rookies. Okay. Number one is Victor Wembanyama. No way! And look, he knows ball. He he does, and he is a massive, massive believer in Chet. I am with him here. I don't understand it. if you are a voter. I am for those that are unaware. I am not a voter for any of the awards. I would like to probably because you bring stinky food on a plane. I, I, look, I would give up stinky food on a plane if I got the chance to vote because I think I would actually be good. That is, I can. This is how you get wheels in motion mm-hmm. on my end there to get you a vote for something because I, if that stops your psychopath my tendencies terrorism. on airplanes, yeah. then I think I'm doing it for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Okay, but my my point being, I don't know how in what world you exist where you can have Victor Wembanyama not winning the Rookie of the Year. Chet's been great, running but away. Victor has been even better, He's and it's not his. And it's not his second year in the NBA. Not only that, what he is doing is breaking the game. He's breaking the geometry of the game. Uh, but he has Wemby one, Chet two, and Brandon Miller three, which I have zero qualms with. I think that that's absolutely stacks up. Cason Wallace, he has at number four, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, I don't think he's had necessarily the volume, but I, he has been very good. He has been very good. Jaime Hawkes, uh, number five. Again, no qualms with that. Derek Lively. Miami Heat, by the way. Uh, the center that the Dallas Mavericks drafted. He has been phenomenal. His only real fallback has been injuries. He's been a little injury prone. Uh, Brandon Pajemski, who leads the NBA in charges taken as a rookie. That's a great stat. I love that stat. Just, just you understand the IQ and the intelligence. He's been very good for them. Uh, Keontae George, who's taken over at point guard for uh, – the Utah Jazz, who they love him down there organizationally. And then at number nine, Scoot Henderson, who now in the season is averaging 13 points, five assists, and half a steal a game. Uh, his seasonal average for three-point shooting is 32%. But, like I said, over the last 10 games and over really the last two months, you've seen that kind of come around. The hesitation about Scoot early on was exactly what we talked about. You didn't really see much. And now as you're starting to see the shooting kind of come together, the big issue here is his finishing. He is an atrocious finisher at the rim, mm. which you wouldn't expect to see with his balance and strength. Personally, I lean on it being his footwork being very bad. And in the NBA, if you are a guard who doesn't have otherworldly athleticism, and look, Scoot has great athleticism, but it's not John Morant, it's not Russell Westbrook, it's not Derrick Rose. 
Like you have to have big facts, crazy athleticism to overcome some of that. So he's got to sort out his footwork, but I think he can because he's shown flashes of it and his feel has grown drastically as a playmaker over the last couple of months. You're definitely sitting in the wait and see category, but I don't think he looks like uh, I saw people kind of comparing him to Emmanuel Moutier early on. And I was like, he's not that bad. (laughs) He's not that bad. Let's let's chill. Number 10, you've got Cam Whitmore, who Houston Rockets fell all the way down to 20 because his coach threw him under the bus in uh, pre-draft interviews. I heard that from a lot of different organizations that he got thrashed, um, which is wild. It is because you, even when coaches don't like guys, they still don't do that because it's not good for their reputation either. And one of the things coming out of the Nike Hoops summit when Cam Whitmore was here was how good of a teammate he was mm-hmm. in for USA Basketball. Yep. And coming through there, like there, the red flags just aren't there with with Cam Whitmore, and then he gets to Villanova, and red flags come Herp. up. Uh, after that, you've got Jordan Hawkins, the shooter for the Pelicans, at twelve. Asar Thompson with the Pistons, uh, Bilal Koulibaly at thirteen with the Wizards, who's a bit of a project for them that they're working on, and then at number fourteen, your guy and the guy for every dad him. out there, Tamani Kamara, love him, who basically leads in every category for all second round draft picks because again, he was uh, fifty. Second overall uh, for the Phoenix Suns, but uh, Tumani now back in the starting lineup uh, has looked much more confident after getting benched, and now is kind of being reintroduced. And things are slowing down for him a bit. See, but I, I also think that some guys are just built to come off the bench a little bit more, and I, I would not mind that to be. Well, that's where Tumani Kamara needs to be at this point in his career, mm-hmm. but that's not where the Blazers' roster is sure. right now for him. And honestly, if he gets to the point where he's a 35 to 36% three-point shooter, which is a big ask, it, then he's a starting caliber wing in the NBA. And what he is, like, he's energy, effort, grit, all of the things and that... great the point of attack defense. Dirty work stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love when I watch him. Mm-hmm. I would like... like, and He needs to develop his offensive game. Yep. Obvi- obviously, that needs to be the next step with Tumani Kamara, but right now, you, you watch the Blazers, and there's a lot of just him standing and watching uh, on the offensive end. They'll just kind he's, of bury him in the corner. A he's lot. figuring out when and where he can get involved as a cutter, and that comes with also getting a relationship with Scoot and Scoot understanding what kind of where he can find him. And you're starting to see it more and more and more. Um, Chauncey Bills has done a great job helping him establish like what his role is and what expectations are. And I think you've seen an uptick from him. And then at number 15, closing out the list, Duop Reith. Duop three. The 27, now 28-year-old rookie who... Um, it would not surprise me to see the Blazers try to they they, they will convert him to a to, to a deal for the rest of the year here very soon because as a two way player you're limited to how many times how many appearances they can make which is fifty which he's coming up on very quickly but I don't think they're they're necessarily going to be able to sign him right away to a multi year extension because he's been so good that multiple teams are going to have offers for him I just love that. There's a 28-year-old rookie that I, every time he touches the ball, I just say, shoot. You don't even have to tell him. Shoot. You, and that's actually one thing that do it. that uh, man brings up in the article is that he gets out on the floor, and you don't need to tell him what his role is. <laughs> it's awesome. His job is to be a six foot ten floor spacer. Wait. And if they're going to drop up off you, and you're a 36 to 37% three-point shooter, get them things up. And he oh, for players 6'10 or taller, he leads the NBA in shots per 36. Look at that. Look at that. That's good news from the Portland Trailblazers. Yes. That's so, a, in a in the pipeline that Andrew Dufresne is crawling through. That is good news for the Blazers you have this year. three top 15 rookies, and you've got growth from Jabari Walker. Unfortunately, Shaden Sharp has what I will say. 
Don't be surprised if Shaden Sharp makes an appearance before the end of the season. Don't be surprised if in the final five to seven games that he's not back on the floor. Just playing. Just getting out there. Because he needs to kind of play blowing through. Blowing out the rust. Yes, to kind of figure that stuff out. Uh, but yeah, in, in a season full for a rebuild, having three top 15 rookies, it's a good spot to be. Ooh, the great barrier wreath. That, oh, yeah, no, that, I, that text coming in. Oh, yeah. no, that's, uh, Kevin has called him that. I like Kevin it just calling him green light wreath. Just green light. I like it. Just everything. Shoot. Go. Green, green Lantern? Yes. Ooh. Just green, shoot. Green Lantern's a good name. God, he's... I like it. I'll, I'll run that... I'll this run is what that, happens I'll... when you have six years to work through what you're going to do when you finally get to the NBA. Yeah. He, he's defined Well, it. he's had a couple cups of coffee in, in Summer League. This, this is, when he came to the Blazers Summer League this year, that was his fourth time in Summer League. Good. So, he's grinding, man. But he finally stuck. Yeah. It's fun. So... There you go. Some good news coming out of the first rebuilding season for the Portland Trailblazers. All right, when we come back. Wait, to answer this question, Hmm. I do think Chauncey Billups does deserve the credit for development in these guys that people want to refuse to give Chauncey credit for. This is why I don't kill Chauncey. Everybody's like, why? why, There's plenty that we can. Why do you hate? Like, I don't think he's the best coach of all time. But when young guys continue to get better under him and he can keeps empowering young guys, whether it's last year, Shaden Sharp or Jabari Walker, or this year starting Tumani Kamara right out of the gate. And if you're blaming Chauncey right now, you haven't been watching the last three weeks of Blazers basketball. And look, I don't blame you for for blaming him that road trip and just prior to it. Mm -hmm. But the last three weeks they've played hard. You're seeing young guys take strides Mm -hmm. The system is making sense for the players yeah. that they have. So, there's your your little uh, kernel of good news as there the All Star break is uh, one game away. All right, when we come back, we'll put a nice little bow on today's show before we hand you over to Isaac and Sue, Danny and Dusty, Tony the fan. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Now as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Happy heavenly 60th birthday to Chris Farley, who died uh, December 18th, 1997. Whoa, that's so long ago. It feels like it was not that long ago. 20 years ago, and so it was just shy of his 40th birthday. Uh, No, 19, we're looking at 20, 20, 26 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 26 years ago? Yeah, I think it said it was 33. Oh, I had 90. Because we were talking about right. Candy. Because John Candy. John yeah. Candy died we were talking about Candy before yes. the show. Yeah. Wow. Both those deaths do not feel like they were that long ago. Nah. Also, he, Farley was how old when he died? 33? 33. 33 years old. I would have thought he was younger. Third birthday. Uh, he, I guess he just didn't, I guess he just didn't really, I, I thought he peaked younger. Like, like, when he, yeah. like when he really came out. I thought he was like 25, 26. Dude, Chris Farley, dead, dead too young. Dead too young. Too many speedballs. I can't believe he would have been 60, though. Like, what What yeah. would his career have looked like at 60 years old? Probably a lot of the same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Doing the fat man comedy. Like, what is it? Uh, is it Bill Odenkirk, the mm-hmm. Better Call Saul? Hit Bob Odenkirk. Hates the uh, 
hates the what is it the the Patrick Swayze, the Chippendales, with a passion. He was a writer on SNL at that time, and he said that it embarrassed Chris Farley to do the Chippendales uh, skit on SNL with Patrick Swayze. Really? Yeah, because he was just like a fat tub of goo and was treated like that. Like yeah, he, Bob Odenkirk has like a a big rant on it. That's crazy because Farley killed that skit. Killed it. He was. I mean, he went out there, he did it. It was one of the best things he ever did. Um, all right, that'll do it for us. Up next, we got four hours of power. Their mouths to your ears. It's prime time with Isaac and Sue. Have a great Thursday, everybody. See ya tomorrow from noon to three, right here on the fan. Bye. What'd you do? I didn't want her to get away. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.